If you have your Bibles, turning to the book of Isaiah, the 64th chapter. So honored all of you are here. Thank you to all of our guests that are here. We're so glad you are here. If you have a couple hands free, can we give all of our guests a great big thank you. Thank you for being here with us and worshiping with us. You owe it to yourself to come back and hear our pastor sing and preach. He is a phenomenal man of God, and I'm glad to call him my pastor. I'm glad that he has authority over my life. Amen. I'm glad I'm under the umbrella of God. Isaiah 64 and verse 1. Oh, that thou wouldest rend the heavens, that thou wouldest come down, that the mountains might flow down at thy presence. As when the melting fire burneth, the fire causeth the waters to boil, to make thy name known to thine adversaries, that the nations may tremble at thy presence. For when thou didst terrible things which we look not for, thou camest down. The mountains flow down at thy presence. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard, nor perceived by ear, neither hath the eye seen, O God, beside thee, what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for him. Tonight I want to speak on this subject for just a short time. Unexpected. Unexpected. Why don't you lay your Bibles down for a moment and just touch two or three people and tell them unexpected. Tell somebody else, God's about to do something that you're not expecting him to do. Say it with faith in your spirit like you really believe it. That you walked into this house tonight and you didn't think that God was going to do it today. But God said today is the day that I'm going to do something extraordinary in your life. I'm about to turn that storm into calm waters. I'm about to turn that pain. Ah. You may be seated in Jesus' name. The prophet Isaiah, in the course of his volume of prophecy, paints a pretty grim picture of the judgments that are coming to those who have rejected God. It's a terrible thing to consider the wrath of God. What will happen when God hides his face from his people? He describes the coming darkness and despair with the intensity that one might describe a gathering storm. It's page after page, sentence upon sentence, prophecy upon prophecy. The outlook is bleak, the sun hides its face, and the storm begins to gather. As the sky is painted in the inky black of the darkness of the night, it's a very oppressing picture. And carefully and skillfully, the prophet paints the chaos and the darkness that will engulf their world one brushstroke at a time. As we read his words, we stand with the prophet Isaiah and we survey the horizon of the future. We can see the mammoth storm rising full of power and fury. A coming judgment that threatens to swallow the nation in the thick of darkness. We are left with a sense of impending doom. We are left with a sense of utter destruction. We are left with nowhere to turn, no shelter to seek, no hiding place from the cold, brisk wind. However, 
prophet Isaiah is not done yet. After painting such a terrible picture, after projecting such certain destruction, he launches into a beautiful intercessory prayer on behalf of all his people. The same voice that just described the terrible judgment that was to come. The same voice that just painted a grim picture with the brushstrokes of an anointed prophecy. That voice is now lifted in mercy and humiliation as the man of God cries out to the creator of the universe. Oh God, that thou would rend the heavens and that thou wouldest come down. It's an incredible cry that breaks forth from this unwilling messenger of doom and destruction. He looks upon the looming dark storm that he has just gave forecast to. He lifts his voice to heaven and he cries, Oh God! Oh that you would rend the heavens! Oh God of creation that you would take the storm in your hands like a sheet that you would tear it in two. That you would part the clouds with your radiant glory. Oh God that you would just simply come down to where we are. Isaiah looks at the tragedy and the horror of this judgment that he has just prophesied. He surveys the gathering storm as it approaches in the darkness that begins to settle upon the horizon. And yet he still believes that God will find a way. That God will show up and find, show himself through all the dark days that are coming. Even as Isaiah beholds the coming judgment. He catches a prophetic glimpse of the unmitigated glory of God. His faith sees God while his eyes see destruction. I've come to preach tonight under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. That what your eyes are seeing is not what is to be according to the will of God. The enemy wants to paint a doom and gloom picture in your life right now. But I've come to tell you that God is about to rend the heavens. He's about to open up the throne room of his presence. And there's a river that's going to flow in this house. And miracles will happen. Signs will happen. The Holy Ghost will be poured out. Isaiah, his faith is high. He sees the Lord high and lifted up in all of his splendor, tearing the heavens open, rendering the storm in two, and visiting his people again. Doing it again in all of his majesty and glory with overwhelming mercy and grace. In picturesque language that harkens back to Egypt and the Exodus. Isaiah remembers a time when God showed himself to be mighty and strong on behalf of his people. Can I tell you tonight that you cannot make it on your own? If it wasn't for the Lord, you would never woken up this morning and put your feet on the floor. If it wasn't for the Lord who is on your behalf, you never would have been able to put one foot in front of the other. But thank God that God still sees that there's purpose left in us. That there's a purpose still left in me to be fulfilled for his kingdom. Isaiah looks back to the Exodus when God brought Egypt this mighty this mighty empire to her knees he looked back to mount sinai 
When God impressed His people with the demonstration of His power, Isaiah lifts his head to heaven and he begins to pray this simple thing. Lord, do it again. I saw you, oh God, bring my nation, my people who were in bondage, building a, a, building a structure that was not theirs to build. Building an empire that was not meant for them to build. I saw you, God, bring Egypt to her knees. I saw you, God, take two million plus Israelites to the, the, the brink of the Red Sea and part the waters. And now, Lord, I'm asking you to do it again. He said this. It was his prayer found in our text. Oh, that thou wouldest... Rend the heavens, that you would come down, that the mountains might flow at your presence. Like that melting fire, let it burn that causes the waters to boil. Make thy name known to thine adversaries, that the nations may tremble at thy presence. Isaiah cries out to God, God, I've seen you do it before. I know you can do it. I saw you do it. I just want you to do it one more time. He said, I God, he said, Lord, I remember, I remember the stories. I remember how you proved yourself to Israel of old. I remember how you poured out of your glory and your majesty. I remember God, the stories of how the mountains did tremble and how the fire of your presence did burn upon a granite mountaintop. I remember God, how the fire caused the water to boil at your presence. I remember God, how you declare glory and majesty in your name for all of your adversaries to behold. I remember Isaiah said how the nations did tremble at the spectacle of your unmitigated power and authority. And that's why I'm standing here again, Isaiah said. And I say, oh God, that you would do it again. If there's anything that we need in the in this 21st century, October the November the 10th, 2019. We don't need more instruments. We don't need a better song. We don't need a better suit. We don't need a better hairstyle. What we need is God to open up the heavens and to do what he's done over and over again. We don't need a better this and better that. What we need is a good old fashioned outpouring of the Holy Ghost. That Holy Ghost is not going to be poured out unless the people of God say, God, do it again. God is looking for people that have a voice that will cry in the wilderness. A people that will say, Lord, we want you to do it again and again. We want you, oh God, to show yourself openly to us. Not just to us, but to our enemies. Hmm. Ah. I don't want your God just to open up the heavens for my sake. But I want your name to be declared for all those people who said I wasn't going to make it. All those people that said I was never going to amount to anything. Look at what the Lord, I wish I had somebody in this house that the devil told you you're not good enough. You're not, you're not anointed enough. But look at where you are. You sit in the house of God and you're anointed. The power of his spirit is within you. I just don't want it for myself, but I want the devil to know it and all my haters. I want all my haters. 
want them all to know. You don't know like I know. You haven't seen it like I've seen it. Ah. Ah. Mm. Ah, my God, I'm, I'm trying to calm down because I'm not to where I want to be yet. I want to draw your attention tonight, though, to the third verse of our text. This is the place where Isaiah describes the mighty working of God in terms that really express the magnitude of what he is saying. I probably read it and it passed by you as it has me many times. But when I read it in a different version, God just exploded in my mind. Here it is in the English Standard Version. When you did awesome things that we did not look for, you came down and the mountains quaked at your presence. He says, God... In the that day and age, in an uncertain time, when your people were held captive, when they were under the dark cloud of bondage and oppression, you did awesome things that were never expected. Uh, I'm looking among the faces of some people that God saved you when you weren't even saved. God kept you when you were out partying and drinking and living the quote unquote high life in sin. God saved you. He spared your life. God has done some great things in our lives and we didn't even know that he was working. Can I tell you? Some of us have been praying. We've been fasting. We've been seeking God and nothing has happened. But God is working on the inside. God is doing something and he's about to show himself strong. Isaiah said, when you showed up, it was incredible. It was far beyond our wildest expectations. The whole earth answered to your voice. The laws and forces of nature surrendered to your authority. We didn't expect that. We never imagined that. No God before you had ever done what you did. All the gods of Egypt that was there could not stand beside you because you are the great and mighty God. Isaiah said all the powers and the principalities of this world, all the forces that we expected to be at work. You, oh God, you are the unexpected portion of this equation. Your majesty was beyond our expectation. Your glory was beyond what we have ever hoped for. Your power, the demonstration of your magnificence was far beyond anything we have ever dreamed of. No people anywhere had ever experienced such an incredible salvation as we experienced. No people anywhere had ever seen such an unexpected deliverance as we received from you. It was completely and clearly out of the blue. Isaiah says, we were astonished. We were absolutely taken back. We never imagined. We never even dared to hope it. Our minds could not conceive it. Our, it never entered into our hearts. The things, God, that you would do for us when we wait. It was completely unexpected. In a profound display of glory, God showed himself to be mighty for his people. This nation that was hundreds of years removed from the promise that God made to Abraham. This nation that had no real hope of divine interference found out that this great God that they serve is a God that keeps his promises. Not just to one, but to thousands of generations. 
And he did not forget what he promised to Abraham. It was absolutely staggering. It was mind-boggling that God all by himself brought the full might of an Egyptian empire to its knees. God all by himself the my, called the mighty Pharaoh and caused him to bend his will to let his people go. He crushed the opposition. He destroyed the mightiest nation on the earth. He tore the darkness in two and burst forth with his glory and with his power. For since the beginning of the world, Isaiah said in verse 4, Men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, neither hath eyes seen a God like you. The world has never seen anything like it. They've never seen... What you're willing to do for those that you love. See, Isaiah lifted his voice. It was a plea to the unexpected God. That God that showed up in his majesty and glory in a way that they never anticipated. They did not expect God to bring them complete. What they expected was them to destroy Egypt and then live right there. But God said, no, no, no. Where you are is not where I want you to be. I'm going to take you through a process. And through that process, I'm going to show you who I am. I'm more than just a name. Hear me, new life. God, the name of Jesus Christ, is more than a name we say at the dinner table. It's more than a name that we speak in prayer as a corporate body. The name of Jesus has all power. And when you speak that name, when you prophesy in that name, all of hell, all of heaven has to stand in attention because neither is there salvation in any other name. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. For God hath given him a name and exalted that name. There is no name like it I wish I had somebody to call on that name right now I wish you would speak over your situation in that name right now I wish you would tell every devil in hell God got a God and his name is Jesus Uh, so what Isaiah basically was saying is God I want you to do it again (laughs) You brought, you brought all my people out of bondage. We didn't expect you to do it that way, but you did it. I want you to do it again. I want you to do what you've done before. Before I ever, my, my, my family and I ever came to New Life Fellowship, I was told that there was, there's been tens and twenties, hundreds have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Can I get an amen from some of those here? <laughs> you're looking at me like you're new too. What I felt in my spirit in prayer. Tonight as I was in the prayer room and all the couple weeks since the pastor had asked me to speak tonight. The Lord spoke into my spirit and told me to tell the church that we've lost faith and that he will do it again. We can believe God for one or two to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But God said, I'm about to do again what I've done before. I'm about to pour out my spirit on this church, in this city, like I've done before. Hear me what I'm prophesying in the name of Jesus. That there is about to be an, an, a taking away from the people from the name, from the land of Egypt. God 
is about to go to your schools, young people. And God is about to use you as a vessel of light, as an instrument in his room. And God's about, as you walk down your hallway, the anointing is, whoo, the anointing is going to flow through you. And as you step in there, you're going to take dominion and authority in the name of Jesus. And you're not just going to bring one friend. You're not going to bring two friends. You're going to fill up a car and a bus because God is going to do it again. God's not about just to bring one family member. God's going to bring all of our families in the house. I'm not believing it for one. I'm believing it for a hundred. Somebody shout amen. Isaiah said, I realize that you're the unexpected God. I realize that your ways are not my ways. That's hard for us. If there's anything I've learned in my walk with God, it's this fact right here. Trying to make God what I want God to do, how I want to do it. God says, this this ain't your movie. I'm the star. We spend so much time praying about telling God what to do instead of thanking him for what he has done. Because when you look back over your life and you say, God, I don't know how you paid these bills, but you did it somehow. And now, God, I'm standing before you once again, and I want you to do it again. Uh, I realize, God, your ways are above mine. That. You work in ways far beyond my understanding. I realize that when you show up, it's going to be completely unexpected measure. So what I'm going to do, guys, I'm not going to try to tell you how to work. I'm not going to try to tell you what you need to do. I'm simply going to remind you of what you've done before. There's one thing that God is bound to, and that's this right here. It's called a book with no box. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall not. When you and I are long gone and they put us down in the, back in the earth and we return to the Lord, we return to the dust, this word is going to live on. You want to know what that means? Is that the miracles are still for today. Whatever he wrote in this book is for you, is for me. And what I'm going to put to God as a test, Lord, your word says that if it happened before, you're going to do it again. And when I do that, I stop everything else and I just worship him. And I just say, Lord, I'm not going to try to figure it out. I'm not going to try to tell you what to do. I'm just going to trust in the Lord. I'm going to believe what his word says because it's never failed me yet. Isaiah said, you know, I'm not going to try to tell you, God. I'm just going to remind you how you tore the heavens in two. Uh, I'm going to tell you, God, you remember that time when you melted the mountains, how you declared the glory of your mighty name, how you showed yourself so strong on behalf of your people? See, we live in a generation where we want to show people. Uh Uh-oh. Well, I'm going to show them. And what God does is when we try to do it our way, God takes his hands back and he steps back. 
Because God, just as God is a gentleman and he will only answer a door that you are willing to open, God will not put his hand to something you are determined to do, whether right or wrong. Isaiah said, you did it, God. He said, I know that you're a God that delights in mercy over judgment. You're a God that gives good gifts and showers your people with blessings. And I dare to believe tonight that though my eyes have not seen the coming of judgment, though my mind has conceived of how horrible the situation is, he said, I just dare to believe that the eyes have not seen, (laughs) that ears have not heard. It's not even entered into the heart of man what you will do upon those and for those that will simply sit back and wait for you to do it. So what am I going to do? I'm just going to wait on God. I'm not going to try to figure it out. I'm going to do what I know to do. That is pray. That is fast. That is put my nose in the book and be faithful to the house of God. And as long as I do my part, God is obligated by his word to do his part. So when all else fails, you stand. You know what to do and you do it anyway. When you don't feel good, you're coming to the church. When you don't feel like it's you're working it all out and everything's like it should be, you come to the church because it's in this church that God is going to do the very unexpected. I've come to this pulpit tonight to declare to you the unexpected God. The God who shows up right on time. The God who moves in a way that you never imagined. The God who demonstrates His glory and His power in ways that you've never conceived in your human mind and have not even come into your heart yet. I don't know what you're facing right now tonight in your life. I don't know what you might be up against when you leave this house. But I've come to declare to you and I decree that it's time to take the limits off of God. Because God is about to do something unexpected in your life. Huh? It's all right. I'm not nervous at all. I know I'm in the will of God. I don't know what's going on, but I'm not going to limit him to moving in the realm of my expectations. I don't presume to tell him what he needs to do, but rather like the prophet Isaiah, I'm going to take a step back and I'm going to survey the wonders of God's goodness. I'm going to look across at your life. And the stories and the testimonies that I've heard from you of how God has made a way where there seemingly was no, no. Can I tell you that He's still the will in the middle of the will? He's still the lily of the valley. He's still the rose of Sharon. He's still the alpha and the omega. He's still the first and He's still the last. He's the lion of Judah. He's the lamb. He's the bride and the morning star. His name is Jesus. And He said, I change not. God said, I want to show you things your eyes have not seen, nor your ears ever heard. Uh, The wonderful delivering power of God has not been exhausted. Hear me when I tell you that. If God's healed you before, God's going to heal you again. You say, oh, Brother Barber, 
Uh, I tell you what, Brother Grant Flat preached this morning. He preached the Holy Ghost this morning. And it was powerful. And I still feel the wind blowing in this house tonight. Uh, Some of you right now, there's pain in your body. Mm. And God has touched you many times before. But this time he's not done it in a timely fashion according to your timeline. God said tonight is going to be an unexpected move. God said I'm going to take care of it if you'll step back. And you'll just let me be God. I don't know who you are but if you'll throw your hands in the air right now. The Holy Ghost is going to settle on this house. Hallelujah. At any given moment, the unexpected is going to happen. At any given moment, the unexpected is going to happen. It's when your faith meets your creator. Hey. 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 There's faith in this house right now. There's faith right now. If you don't have pain right now, I think you ought to stretch your hands and say, God, whoever is in pain in their body. I know that's a very general statement, but I feel it in the Holy Ghost. You walked in here with pain in your knee, pain in your lower back. God said, I'm going to heal you right now. I feel faith right now. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord. We pray for the unexpected, but we never expect it. Come on, let it be right now. Stir up the spirit that is within you. Stir up the spirit that is within you right now. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, yes. You've been praying for your prodigals. God said, I'm about to do the unexpected. Lift your hands and pray for the lost loved ones right now. In the name of Jesus, I bind every spirit that is holding the prodigals where they are. I pray right now that they come to themselves and they awaken in their spirit and they come home. That God, you do the unexpected tonight. Come on, God said, I have set before you an open door. I've set before you an open door. Who is going to step through that in faith right now? Come on, your eyes have not seen what God is going to do. Your ears have never heard the miracle that God is about to do. 
Come on, the Holy. I don't know what we're waiting for. The Holy Ghost has stepped into this house. You ought to stand to your feet and lift your voice right now. Some of you have been battling spirits in your mind. God said, I'm going to deliver you tonight. I come against the spirit of anxiety. I come against the spirit of anxiousness by the authority of the word of God and the power of the name of Jesus. Come on, let's use the greatest weapon we have. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Don't wait for a song. Don't wait for an instrument. Use your weapon. Use your weapon. Use your voice. Use your tongue. Let God speak through you. There is a miracle in this house. There's a miracle, right? It's moving right now. You want to step out of your seat and find somebody and touch where two or three are gathered together. Touching any one thing, it shall be. Somebody cry out unto the Lord. Oh God, do it again. Rend the heavens, tear the heavens open.